Democratic Central Committee. I'm your host, Josh Kramer, and with me today is gubernatorial candidate uh, Krish Vignaraja. Uh, Krish, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast today. Thank you very much for having me. So uh, first off, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your background, so if you could tell us about that. Sure. So I was nine months when my family fled a civil war in Sri Lanka and came to America. Uh, my parents um, had no jobs. Uh, they had a couple hundred dollars in their pockets and uh, two very young kids in their arms. Um, we ended up settling in Baltimore. Uh, my parents became Baltimore City Public School teachers. And I grew up uh, right on the county city line. Um, and it was a place where I got the opportunities I have had the good fortune um, of having in my lifetime. Uh, I ended up going through Woodlawn High School, um, from Woodlawn to the White House, I sometimes say, uh, because I had a chance to be the daughter of educators, to understand the importance of education to all of us. And after that, I uh, came back and I was um, uh, a lawyer. Um, I had been in business at McKinsey, and then I joined the Obama administration. So I was Michelle Obama's policy director at the White House. And before that, I was senior advisor to Hillary Clinton and John Kerry at the State Department. And so you've had the opportunity to come out to Frederick several times, and uh, last year you had the, uh, the honor to do the commencement speech at Hood College. Um, could you talk a little bit about that and what that was like? Yeah, it was an incredible experience. I was honored when President Chapdelaine uh, asked me if I would give the speech. Um, as you can probably imagine, coming out of the Obama administration in the White House, Knowing our successor, I had a lot to say, both about my experience at the White House, but also more broadly about where the Democratic Party needed to go. Uh, the Hood College speech, I think, gave me an opportunity particularly to reflect on where, as women um, you know, and girls, we are um, in the, the state of play. Um, and it was a great experience to talk about you know, the arc of history. Um, right now, uh, for the first time in my lifetime, we have no woman serving in federal or statewide office. And so thinking about that, realizing how much had changed since, obviously, Senator Mikulski retired, and Donna Edwards, um, unfortunately, you know, lost in the uh, in the Senate race. Um, you realize that there was a lack of women in leadership. So I wanted that speech to really focus on what that means and where we go from here. Uh, and you know, as you know, you know, in Maryland right now, we don't have uh, any women representing us at the uh, at, at the federal level. Um, and certainly, I, I think this year has been. Uh, well, a lot of women seem to have been really inspired uh, to run for office, especially in light of, of things that have been happening, the current direction of the federal administration and so forth. So I think it's fantastic that people like you are, are stepping up and, and running uh, for, for office. In this case, you're running for governor. Um, so, and the other thing, this is the, the real big question I, I wanted to ask you about today, uh, which is your platform. Um, you know, why, why are you running for governor and should you be elected? Uh, what are the things that you hope to accomplish uh, over the course of the next four, maybe eight years? Mm -hmm. I appreciate the question. For me, I think we need to make sure that our messaging isn't just about being anti-Trump because I'm not sure that's going to get folks to the polls. And I think, frankly, we owe our voters more than that. So for me, I've been very focused on pushing an affirmative, positive agenda centered around four areas, education, revitalizing our economy, protecting the environment, 
and supporting working families. Um, education is, I think, uh, the one I mention first and foremost because I do think there is a lot of deep concern in this state, um, in every county, about what direction we're headed in. I also think it is Governor Hogan's Achilles heel. The fact under his watch that we have gone from first to fifth and now sixth, as the latest report came out, that we get a B minus um, in terms of uh, how our, our schools are doing, you realize that there is uh, an important way in which we need to reform our schools. Um, being the only candidate in the field who is the product of Maryland public schools from kindergarten through 12th grade, being the daughter of public school teachers, I know for me it was a springboard to opportunity. And that's where I take it incredibly personally when Governor Hogan describes it simply as a line item on a budget. But it's broader than that. You know, it's about revitalizing our economy. It's about expanding the biotech corridor, um, you know, along I-270. It's about making sure that, you know, kids here in Frederick, um, you know, kids in Hagerstown, uh, Easton, um, and of course, you know, in the middle of the state, don't ever have to leave their communities for lack of a job. And I think right now we rely so heavily on federal jobs. In a state like Maryland, where we should have a more resilient, diversified economy, that's where I think that there are some real opportunities. But of course, you know, I also touched on uh, protecting the environment. Um, at a time when Trump has pulled us out of the Paris Treaty, it took months and months for Governor Hogan to finally acknowledge that the Climate Alliance, that many other Republican governors had signed up to, that that was worth our while. Um, at a time when Maryland consumes more energy than it produces, uh, Governor Hogan has vetoed the Clean Energy Jobs Act. And that's a great example of the kind of policies I want to implement, which not only protect our environment, but also create well-paying jobs. That's what we can do here in Maryland. And unfortunately, under Governor Hogan's leadership, we failed to do that. And then finally, in terms of protecting um, and supporting working families, given, as you said, everything that's happening at the national level, we need state leadership to stand up and speak out for Marylanders. And so whether it is health care, uh, the tax bill, you will fail to see that kind of leadership. And this is where, you know, I don't want people to vote for me because I'm a woman. But I do want people to vote for the fact that there are a range of issues where we do need a diversity of opinion. The fact that we squabble, squabbled over five days of sick leave, when we should be debating three months of paid family leave, is where I want to be taking the conversation. The fact that today we were still debating whether rapists get paternity rights, I think reflects the fact that we need diversity of opinion. And so that's where in a state that I think, you know, rightfully is called America in miniature, I want us to embrace that diversity instead of rejecting it. And that's why I think, you know, many of us recognize that Governor Hogan has got to go. No argument here. <laughs> um, well, uh, Krish uh, Vignaraja, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast today. Um, and, of course, we look forward to your, uh, to your campaign. Uh, last thing, though, uh, is there a way for anybody who would like to get involved in your campaign, anybody in the Frederick area who would like to volunteer, um, maybe do some canvassing or something. Uh, how can people reach out to your campaign? That's a great question. Um, I actually really enjoyed some um, get out the vote canvassing here in Frederick, um, you know, as, uh, you know, uh, Michael O'Connor um, and a number of councilmen were, uh, council uh, members were up uh, for office. It was actually great. I felt like a NASCAR driver because I had so many stickers, um, you know, uh, on my on my jacket. Um, I have been building an army of volunteers across the state. And you will see me time and time again in Frederick because I do think it is going to be a critical 
harbinger for what happens statewide. And I think the candidates who claim that they're running statewide offices but fail to show up time and time again, I think that's uh, reflective of you know whether they care deeply about the city and the broader area. So if folks want to get involved, I would be thrilled to hear from you. Please go to www.krishformaryland, that's K-R-I-S-H, for Maryland spelled out. You can also type in krishforgovernor.com. Um, and you can sign up for updates. You can sign up to volunteer. Um, but I would love to get you involved because we will win this, but only with your support. And, and we'll make sure that that link gets put onto um, SoundCloud and iTunes when we publish this, of course. Josh, thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks so much, Chris. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, for everybody else, all the listeners out there, remember that you can get more information on the Frederick County Democratic Party by going to www.frederickdemocrats.org. We've got our calendar of events there, and you can also get information on all the various clubs and organizations here in Frederick County and find out ways to get involved, including our uh, fundraising effort, Club Blue, $10 uh, a month. Uh, there's some great events that we do each uh, uh, every year with Club Blue members. Uh, this is something we're really trying to promote now, get people um, who, who aren't necessarily big donors but would like to contribute something. Uh, we're asking for $10 a month, uh, so it's only $120 a year. It's a great way to help, uh, help the party and help great candidates like Krish Vignaraja. Uh, thanks so much. The music for this podcast was written and performed by David Fitzwater. Until next time, friends.